Welcome to Fast Fiction. Time, gentlemen, please. Time, gentlemen, please. Time, gentlemen, please. Albert Frankston's resonant voice had a chuckle in it as he called out the time-honoured catchphrase used in English pubs. The shoppers, who had not heard him before, chuckled with him. Those who had smiled politely. And Alma, his wife, who had lived with it every working day for the last ten years, felt tingles of irritation up and down her spine. With the shop empty, Albert went about the business of closing up, locking the door, pulling down the shutters, checking the till against the day's receipts, and finally, his favourite, inspecting all the timepieces. There were approximately 400 large and small clocks in the Cuckoo's Nest, situated so conveniently next to the town hall on one side and cash and carry on the other. Each night and morning, Albert would refer to his prize piece, a Rolex gold watch, given to him as a leaving present when he retired from 30 years' service as finance manager on the British Railways. Never misses, never gains or loses a second, he would say, at least once a day, looking lovingly at the watch. I call it Little Ben because it's timed within a heartbeat of Big Ben. Then he would go on to yet another favourite joke. I was born into Greenwich meantime, and even though I'm now living half a world away, I'll die with it, I reckon. Needless to say, the other clocks and watches around the walls and in the glass cases were not so accurate, and Albert's morning and evening vigil would be to adjust each and every one of them to Little Ben. It was an evening no different than any other when Alma finally caved in to her anger. She was tired of Albert's silly platitudes and had been thinking for a long time what she could do about it. She waited for him to go through his nightly ritual, and when he eventually retired she lay down beside him, waiting for the heavy breathing to indicate he was asleep. This usually took only minutes, and tonight was no different. She quietly got out of bed and soundlessly went down the stairs to the shop below. The many faces of the 400 clocks seemed almost evil in the dark of night, and she was convinced they ticked even louder to protest any interference in their nightly vigil. But she was not deterred. Going over to the glass case that housed little Ben, she removed it carefully and with an absolute thrill of delight moved the hand backwards by five seconds. She lingered a moment savouring the pleasure, then returned the watch to its resting place and retired back to bed. Alma could barely sleep with anticipation of the morning and was not disappointed with the result. 
having breakfasted on his usual two cups of tea, a bowl of cornflakes, two boiled eggs and two pieces of toast, Albert went downstairs to the shop. Finding some pretext to follow, Alma watched, holding in her laughter as best she could. According to ritual, Albert removed little Ben from the casing and went around the shop, adjusting every clock in the place to aspire to the same setting. He seemed a little surprised as it took a good deal longer than usual. Breaking with daily custom, he rang the international time zone on the landline and waited a moment until he heard, The time according to GMT is 8.05 and 20 seconds precisely. Albert frowned. He was staring at little Ben for confirmation and could not believe his eyes. His hands went to his mouth in disbelief. Little Ben was five seconds slow. But belief was so strong in his souvenir Rolex that he did nothing. He served in the shop all morning, delivering his usual quips, until it was lunchtime. With little Ben firmly in his hand, he rang the international time zone once again. But there was no denying the variance. The five seconds stood firm. Little Ben was slow. Alma, could you come and serve? He called up the stairs. I've got to do some adjusting. His wife did as bid, watching with merriment as he almost tearfully went around yet again and readjusted each timepiece. Alma could barely contain herself that evening, and as soon as Albert was asleep, she returned once more to the shop below. She had thought all day as to the best plan of action. Should it be backwards again? And if so, by how many seconds? Or forwards? In that case, it would show little Ben to be erratic. Almost unheard of for a Rolex. But fun. Reluctantly, she decided on the former and again set it back by another five seconds. For the first time in many years, Alma opened her eyes to the next morning sunshine with verve and anticipation, noting, however, that Albert was dressing with a distinct air of apprehension. His ritual did not vary. Until having rung the international zone time number, acknowledged once again little Ben's discrepancy with the BBC news. But he would not give up without a fight. Turning to the computer, he googled Big Ben. Then, noting the relevant number, he carefully relayed it onto the landline. The familiar robotic voice that had governed his working life in England was repeated with monotonous accuracy. The time is 8.25 and 10 seconds precisely. The time is 8.25 and 15 seconds Precisely. The time is 8.25 and 20 seconds precisely. He put the receiver down in utter dejection. Little Ben was woefully behind. In an action never before undertaken, Albert took the small watch wheel between his fingers and carefully adjusted the now 10 seconds slow Rolex. 
He then went back to his ritual of working through the shop, adjusting each clock with absolute precision. Alma watched covertly from behind the counter with mounting remorse. It was time to admit her little joke. Perhaps an especially large piece of homemade chocolate cake accompanying the tea break would soften the blow. Let's have Smoko a little earlier today, Giles, she called out as she turned to the kitchen. Albert nodded glumly and continued with his task. Just one more old grandfather clock to adjust and he would be done. With infinite care, he moved the second hand forward, then stood and looked around the shop. As she turned towards the kitchen, Alma noted Albert go to the small drawer where they kept miscellaneous tools of trade. She was perplexed to see him rummage around before withdrawing a small hammer. With mounting horror, she saw him go into the back room and with reverence place his beloved Rolex on a sheet of newspaper. He stared at it for a moment, giving Alma just enough time to begin to run towards him, saying only one word, No! No! But she was too late. The hammer came down with vengeance on the watch face, then again and again. Albert's pale, gaunt face was now suffused with a mixture of sadness and betrayal. Two red, ugly blotches were on his cheek as he garnered all his 75 years' energy into his right arm. Blow after blow went onto the now smashed watch, shards of glass and minute ball bearings careering over the table. Albert's eyes were glazed as he stared at the side of his destruction. With anger now spent, he stood for a moment, listening to his beloved clocks, as they began their cacophony of familiar chimes. Then slowly, gasping for breath and clutching at his throat, his body crumbled and slithered down towards the floor as every clock in the shop confirmed that it was nine o'clock. Time for opening. been listening to Time Gentlemen Please with Brianda Cross and John Cross. For more information on our podcasts, please go to fastfictionpodcasts.com or to our Facebook page, Fast Fiction Podcasts. Thank you.